the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With our series called Finding Pleasure in God, it stands to reason that it's oftentimes hidden. So how do you fight for these affections? Let's talk about that next. Again, greetings and welcome. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Today we continue our series, Finding Pleasure in God. And you know, one of those challenges of finding that pleasure in God is fighting for those affections that are attached to that pleasure, the affections of love and joy. Sometimes they just don't come easy. With the details from Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 22, here's Pastor Phil Howard. Joy is the element. All kinds of music, all kinds of ages. But really, and I ask myself, could I be contagious to a 16-year-old and then think that I might get saved because I'm willing to die to all pleasure? And don't we present Christ? Come to Christ. You've got to sacrifice all. You've got to be willing to die. You've got to be willing to hate mother and father. And you're already close to that. So you might as well come. No, 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 no. No. Come and you will find the greatest joy you've ever found in your life. Your sins will be washed away. And he says in this psalm, come to God. I mean, in a culture where only the high priest could go in there, come and you will find pleasures in his right hand that he wants to pour out upon you. What a great invitation. So, I look at all these verses, and you can help yourself. Let's just make some basic points. First of all, when we come into God's presence, I always want to emphasize this. When you talk about the presence of God, what do you think of? I want to be in the presence of God. Well, let me give you three three clues of what that is. Number one, when you spoke of the presence of God, you spoke of the third heaven. Because angels have to know where to find God. And they don't just find him everywhere. There is a place where he's given an unlimited manifestation of himself. They know this is headquarters. They show up. They report in. Even Satan knows where it is. So there is the third heaven presence of God. Two, God is omnipresent, which means... God's divine nature permeates all of creation so that there's no less God in one part or another. Now, he's not one with creation. We do not worship creation. We don't worship trees. We're not animists. We don't worship the stars. But God is present wherever there is creation. By the way, creation stops somewhere, and God is beyond creation. But God permeates. He's omnipresent. He is in an undiminished way. His nature is found everywhere. There's creation. But 
third, third. This is the one we talk about. When we say, I want the presence of God, we're saying relationally, I want to come close to God. How do you come close to omnipresence? Yeah, and I've had people tell me, you say get close, that doesn't make sense. God's omnipresent. Yes, it does, because God tells me to get close. James is drawn nigh to God. You'll say, in the Old Testament, we're going into the presence of God. And the presence of God in the Old Testament meant, I want to see the face of God. Panim. I want to see his face. I'm coming into it. And how did they intentionally come into the presence of God? They went to the temple. They would bring a sacrifice. And if it was the year of atonement, of course, they were hoping the high priest went into the Holy of Holies. Now, I ask you today, where can you find the most of God's presence on the earth? If you wanted to get close to the presence of God, you were feeling dry, you were feeling estranged, you were feeling out of it, where would you go? Two places. God has two temples on the earth. Two temples. One is believers' bodies. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's individually. And that means your body is a holy of holies in which the main function that ought to be taking place in your body is the adoration and worship of God because you personally are a worship center. You. 1 Corinthians 6.19. But, here's another verse. 1 Corinthians 3.17. You, plural... You as a corporate congregation, Corinth, when you're gathered together, you comprise a holy temple, a temple to God. Therefore, he warns them there that are fighting and dividing the church, be careful lest you destroy the temple of God, the Corinthian church, for if you do, I will destroy you. God will fight to protect a local church even if he has to kill you and maim you. And he did that in 1 Corinthians 11, for they came drunk to the Lord's Supper. He began to make them sick, began to maim them, and he began to kill them. Do you think God can fight? God can kill you. And he means it physically in that chapter. So one thing he says for sure, the two places I could sense the most of God's presence on the earth ought to be when I'm with a fellow believer who's a temple, and when I gather together with the saints of God for the purpose of worship. Those are the two closest places I get ever worship. Not in the redwoods. Not on the ocean. I was with some believers at a luncheon the other day, and there was four of us at this one end of the table, and we just began to talk about God his goodness, his sharing. And right there in the midst of it, I felt the divine presence of God as four temples begin to talk about their love for Jesus Christ. Have you ever had that happen? Or what about coming to meet with the saints? Ah, let's watch this. Okay, tonight, what do we do? Well, football started. Maybe that's what we do. We take communion this Sunday night because we gave you the holiday off, right? 550 members who said you'll come to communion. And then we're going to give you a bonus, a 
uh, a concert. Plus, we're going to give you Simbala, who's going to exhort you to prayer and some little clips that will really make you want to pray. It's moving. But guess what? You won't come unless it really represents pleasure and the presence of God. Because what's going to bid for your time tonight? Where can I find the greatest pleasure using my time on Sunday evenings? That's why you come and why you don't. Your body gets no more tired than me. I work the hardest on Sunday of anybody here, unless it's Deborah, this music team. Why do we show up? Well, you get paid. Oh, is that right? I did it before I ever was a pastor. I went to a revival one time, 13 weeks every night. And you got rebuked by the evangelist if you didn't show up. You know why I went? She didn't scare me as much as I enjoyed it. Joy. Pleasure. And what is the competitors today in the last days? What will compete? Love of money, love of pleasure, love of self. And we will just simply keep the form of godliness, but we will deny that godliness has any power to it. The power will be gone. So, the center of our joy. Let me say some things to you about our joy. Number one, it obviously comes with salvation. Peter said, you haven't seen him, but you've got a joy that's inexpressible. Why can I say there is a joy that's indescribable that comes with salvation? Listen to David in Psalms 51:11. In the midst of his adultery and in the midst of his killing a man and in the midst of the cover-up he was in for maybe a year, he said when he finally wanted to get right with God, Oh, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Sin destroys the joy that was given to you when you first became a believer. Sin, that rival, because sin always brings death. Something dies in you. You know what dies in you? The affections. I lost my joy somewhere. I lost my peace. I don't enjoy God like I used to. I'm not moved. You know why? When you shut down for a year like David did, you get a hard heart. You're not as tender as you were. You're not as easily moved. And pretty soon you can become critical even of church and the saints. I'm just not moved that much. Ah, something happened to your heart because you lost your first love and you lost the joy of your salvation. And David said, please restore me. Make me clean again. Renew a right spirit within me. Give me a right outlook towards you. Give me a right attitude within. He was desperately crying, please restore me and turn me not over to evil spirits like you did Saul. Don't take your spirit from me. I don't want demons to replace the Spirit. He was scared. And he was longing to get back. How do you keep the joy? It's a fight. There are so many distractions and joy killers. How do we do it? At least three things. Focus your life on God. He has to be your focus. And... uh, Great peace have they that love thy law. Nothing offends them. You'll keep in perfect peace him whose mind is wrapped up in Jehovah. 
at the joys found in God. So it takes a mental outlook. I will focus my life and heart ultimately on my God. He will be the source of my joy. And then I want you to look at probably the most common counseling verse I've used all these years. And I find Pastor Rollins is doing the same thing. Romans 15. Romans 15. How do we maintain this joy? Focus on God. If we keep in step with the Spirit, He bears His fruit. And joy is one of them. The affection of joy. I love this wonderful verse, this wonderful promise. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope now, what would that be? If he's the God of hope, what does that mean? I would think he's the God that gives you hope. He's the God that is worth hoping in. Uh, the God characterized by hope. He gives you good things to expect. Hope, good things to come. It's always that future. So he's a God that gives you not anxiety, but he gives you hope. Okay? Now, this is what characterizes him. And what may he do what? Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Where does the joy, the peace, and the hope come from? in its maintenance. Who maintains it? Holy Spirit. He's the power agent. This is not just a positive motivation course. Just think rich and you'll get rich. It's not that. No, no. He, the source that wants to maintain this in you in this filling ministry is he'll fill you with this. But now there's one condition in this verse. What is it? What is it? Trust. That's a present participle. That means while you are trusting, God will be filling. Did you know the one thing God needs from you? God always rewards anyone who trusts him. You can never trust God for anything and him not reward you. He is a rewarder of everyone who comes to him. And what he does when we're walking and we're trusting God, I'm trusting you for resources I don't have. I'm trusting you for emotions I don't have. I, I feel sad. I feel overwhelmed. I feel distracted. I, I feel overwhelmed with trials, as James says. But I will trust in you. What I am afraid, the psalmist says, I will trust in you. No matter, no matter, all he wants and trusting isn't doing a lot. It's just an inner attitude towards God. I can trust you. And he says, if you will trust me, I will tell the Spirit to fill you. And he will fill you with hope. He'll fill you with peace. And he'll fill you with joy so that it never needs to go away. It's not a seasonal thing. It can be your perpetual manner of life. Joy will come to characterize you. Now, you have to ask this question. Does it? 
does joy characterize me? And uh, I have to say many times in my journey, it has not. Uh, you know, I found out in my home, my wife was the source of most of the joy. Uh, she's the easiest one to live with. Because I'm intense by personality. I'm a triple A. I, I mean, unless you're going for something else, another sermon, another lesson, another exhortation, another this and that. And uh, then her brother calls her, and all I could do is hear her laughing in the other room. And I think, she doesn't laugh when I'm around. There's a reason. You know, I mean, she's tired. Her neck, you look at the back of her neck. It's where I pushed her down to pray. You get down and pray. We first got married. Uh, we want to have devotions. You know, every man, wants, every woman wants a spiritual leader for a husband, right? I heard not one amen. So we'd get together. Well, honey, let's get in the Word. Yeah. I'm taking Greek now. Yeah. Well, I'll parse the verbs, and you just kind of pray when you feel led. And, or she'd quote a promise. No, that doesn't really mean that in the context. One day she said, I'm tired of having devotions with you. Honey, I am your spiritual leader. No, you're not. Jesus has been leading me a long time before I met you. And he and I have been having fun and devotions for years until you start leading us. We seldom have, de we don't have devotion. She goes in one room, she's in the family room, I'm in the bedroom. We have her devotion separate. And uh, it just, and, uh, and laughing. Like I said, someone has to call, she starts laughing. I think, why haven't I made her laugh? Intense personality, melancholic bent. It can never be quite good enough. Talk about me. Perfectionism. Pastor Rollins says, you're harder on yourself than anyone. When are you going to relax and enjoy your God? Well, we've got to do another project. Yeah. you got to do this. And then all of a sudden, God, without permission, afflicts me. Surgeries. Diabetes. Who does he think he, I am his servant? You don't touch the man of God. God. He said, I touch whoever I want. And I might get more done with you sick than you being intense. That's why sometimes it's hard to pray. We got to get the work done. No, no, you just got nervousness. That's, there's nothing spiritual about it. Just got to get to work for Jesus. No, you'd make Jesus have a nervous breakdown. Why don't you just relax? Did you know God's maintaining the universe without your help? He just, it just runs. It just runs. But, but what will you do without me? Have peace. Have joy. You know, I, I, I hate it that the families picked, you know, for my funeral, the song, Peace, Peace. I didn't know if that meant in the Lord or that now that he's gone. Joy. I found in the church, I have to fight for joy. Because most people don't come to me to share joy. They usually got a problem they want me to solve. Some of you do now. You come up and share good news. Because good news makes you happy, doesn't it? You ought to make it, try your best on Sunday 
to not say anything to anyone or yourself that's negative. Try that. Try to just make it a day of recharging the emotion of joy and finding pleasure in God. And here he says, if you will be trusting God, he will fill you with these great, great emotions and peace of mind that we all crave. I ask ourselves this, uh, can God make you happy? I think you need to answer that because there's some people nobody can make happy. That's why as a pastor sometimes we don't get disturbed. So well, God hasn't made them happy in 10 years. Who, who are we to think we could? Or who are you to think your wife can do it if God can't do it? Robert Mushane said the first duty of his life every day was to stay alone with God until he made himself happy. So he said, I don't see the face of man until I've seen the God, face of God every morning. It's my job to get myself in a good mood with God and to begin to exalt in who he is. That's why I say prayer and scripture in the morning, the reason it's so important in the morning, it often sets the sails for the rest of the day. Uh, Jeremy Taylor once said, uh, let me give you the quote. I wrote it down. It's powerful. God threatens terrible things when we are not happy. God saved you to be happy. Blessed. Blessed is the man. Blessed. Shalom, shalom. Peace, health, prosperity. Because you know God. And... uh, He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. And when I think of what all you've got, one of those uh, despondent days, I was on my knees praying, and I began to, you know, sometimes compare my ministry with others, and I wasn't doing this, and I wasn't doing that. And all of a sudden, God in His uh, grace says, what have I done for you? And boy, I begin to think, well, you saved me. That's not bad. Uh, hey, you gave me a saved wife. You saved my parents. You saved my brothers and sisters. You saved my daughters. Why, why, Lord, I've seated with you in the third heaven. I've got every spiritual blessing. And when he got through with me, I said, I'm the richest man in town. I just have to get focused on you. I've got to get filled with the Spirit. And I've got to ask myself, are you trusting the God of all pleasure to fill you with hope, peace, and joy? Father, bring us back tonight uh, to sing, take communion, pray. I I guess act like Christians. That's kind of radical, Lord. Sing, pray, communion. Nothing could be more boring. It It is, Lord, when you're not our joy. We hate to be around your temples. We just don't want to be around. We'll always find something else. But I pray, recreate the appetite in us for the ultimate joy. The ultimate joy we can have in you. And then we can say, I find bringing God glory by enjoying him is the best advertisement I can give God. Help us to show him off. People are lost, Lord. We're in a desperate day. When I just think for a moment what it means to be lost and to be alive and on the edge of eternity without Christ, 
I could not sleep if it wasn't for grace. Help us to have some kind of urgency in our heart to warn those that don't know you and to advertise the pleasure to be found in knowing you. I pray you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855- 833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Phil Howard.